Welcome to the nightclub, where we are the ones who love ghosts, witches, and demons wherever they roam. I'm your host for this evening, Travis Maxwell Boone, joined by Grindhouse Zombie and Mr. Ricklebickles over there. And tonight we have uh, some big timers because we got the big timers on. We've got with us Toby Poser, John Adams, Zelda Adams, and Lulu Adams, the Adams family. Thank you all so much for coming visit with the nightclub. Thanks for having us to the nightclub. Yeah, let's rock. So, indie, indie horror. We talk about horror movies on this podcast. The movies you guys make, definitely independent horror films. Y'all have y'all's own production company, uh, Wonder Will Productions. Where did y'all start with this whole thing as, as a concept, like making movies together as a family? Whose idea was it, and how did, how did it all come about? Who wants to lay it down? It's, I think it's you. Well, okay, so 2010, we were all living in Los Angeles. Lulu was 11. Zelda was 6. And um, we... You know, John had been on this cool rock and roll kind of reality show where he was sort of like a jackass stuntman. And he was having fun, you know, on in front of the camera doing that. And um, and he's a really great artist and painter. And I was, I've always been acting, but my, I was about to hit 40 and my, my career just kind of tanked in LA. Because Hollywood's stupid. <laughs> yeah. So we were like fuck it let's just make our own movies you know and so we took off and um for a year in an rv in an old rv and we made our first film rumble strips john learned how to use the camera which was kind of an easy step from his great painting and the kids were into acting and we just that was the first time we did it and we were hooked man and it was meant to be a genre film it was meant to be a really dark ass ghost story where the kids get killed like John's character. And so we're like in the RV and one day John goes, Tobe, I got to tell you something. I just don't want to kill the kids. That's a conversation. Now we're like, so how should we hack them up? Yeah. <laughs> should we go with the Sawzall? Should we go with this? <laughs> right, got you. But then it's like, no, but I want the Sawzall to cut me up. So I want to save the Sawzall for me. Maybe a knife or a hatchet. <laughs> to one of right. Oh, I saw that Sawzall, Saw and all and fucking uh, deeper you did. Cause oh, it's all Oh, it's all at all. <laughs> I've done um, a lot of carpentry, so you know that saws all. Every time I cut through some old two by fours, you know, I always thought to myself, "I wonder how this would go through bones and flesh." <laughs> Normal thoughts. Normal yeah. thoughts. I gotta yeah. say, I have them exactly. Myself. I'm with the right people here. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine quite easily. I'm just gonna say, yeah. having done. Actually, so- you want to know something? Since you since you say, I imagine quite easily. I have a cop friend who watched the deep you dig, and he was like, "I just got to tell you that." These guys, they don't use a sawzall. They use a hatchet or a sharp knife because a sawzall's like too grindy. It gets all caught up in the flesh. He was so psyched. <laughs> it. it was so funny. I was like, okay. Like, I wow. imagine it'd make quite a mess too. Yeah. So no, actually, for all of you future serial killers, avoid the sawzall. You got to go with something like a hatchet. <laughs> Any serial killers listening to the podcast, take notes, please. <laughs> We've moved on from cannibals to serial killers. Right. <laughs> well, and also, and like, like any good cordless tool, halfway through the battery would die, and you'd just be like, oh. For sure. oh, exactly. It's like, who didn't For sure. That's a really great idea, Brent. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, well, hey, steal away. I, 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 am, I am at your leisure. 
go for it. <laughs> Seeing as how y'all started so early and doing this with with at the time your kids were so young, how, how did how was watching horror movies in y'all's house growing up? Um, I, I guess this is more posed to the to the the, the daughters, but parents like what what how did you navigate that like what you let your kids watch i've got two littles myself and um they like dark scary things but they're too young for some stuff in my opinion but they're four and six so my, my uh, that's to the kids but i got one funny story about the kids and movies on during rumble strips we were traveling and i was like hey you guys want to see a movie and they wanted to see jackass three because we had already seen jackass one and two so jackass three was out in the movies and I took, the, I don't know, we were in middle, I don't know where we were. We were, I feel like we were in middle America somewhere. And I took the kids out, we walked up to the ticket booth and I said, yeah, we'd like three tickets for Jackass 3. And the ticket guy said, uh, sir, this is just not appropriate for kids this age. And mm-hmm. I said, it is, but it's NC-17, no one under 17 admitted without an adult, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, we'll take three fucking tickets, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids went in. And it was like... We were having way more fun than everyone else. Yeah, it was great. You know, the thing is, is if you hide things from your kids, they will find them. Yeah, I will, I will also add that I think I remember Toby showing us like Carrie at a pretty young age, which like isn't the most frightening film, but it is bloody and wonderful and horrific. And I remember at first it did give me a couple weeks of nightmares. But after that, I was like, oh, my God, wait, that was thrilling. And I think since then, like we were horror. Yeah, I think it was open to us of if we wanted to get fucked. I was like, yeah fuck around and find out i'm like if you really get scared <laughs> you know, we told you, it's a scary movie you, you know what you're going into and then if we didn't like it we didn't keep watching it or didn't watch it again took a, a little break and then went back to it because it was very addictive yeah <laughs> or is addictive and john you're right man like the kids will seek it out when i was younger i sought it out i found it whether my parents wanted me to or not and i'm a well-adjusted <laughs> person. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying which way is better, but I think we're all not well-adjusted. So it's kind of like, well, why not just open up the can of worms and eat them? I, no, I actually, oh fuck yeah! I actually feel like people who watch horror are are well-adjusted because <clears throat> I always feel a little like skeptical about the people. Like, oh, I can't do horror. I'm sorry, I can't watch your films. I just, I can't watch horror. I'm like, well, I feel bad for you because you know it's kind of like good to let that shit out it's like you're talking it's about fears right? and it's a safe way to you know confront some pretty you know we all have nightmares so i feel i feel hard is good for you i 100 percent agree i feel it's very cathartic mm-hmm. yeah preaching to the choir here on that one after rumble strips i don't have your filmography pulled up i'll admit um the the, the two the two films that i had seen from you guys are your two most recent ones and it's the ones that i assume were blowing y'all up um before d- deeper you dig, what were your other projects? Like I know one's called Hatred, if I'm not mistaken. Well, basically, I think the short the short story is we made four dramas, and we enjoyed it, but we didn't find our audience. And me and Zelda and Lulu made a movie called The Hatred. It was less than an hour long. It was more of an experiment. The three of us set out to see what it was like to make a straight ass horror movie set in the 1800s. And what we learned was it was really fun to create. Then we 
we sent it in, you know, to some festivals to see if we could get in. And we had a great response. And we, and then when we were at those festivals, we had a great response from the horror crowd and we actually got written up like in press. And so the whole experience was fun. And we realized, oh, this is where we belong. Like we didn't know how much we belonged there until suddenly we're talking to like the three of you. Mm. <laughs> Horror community definitely embraces people. And we kind of befriended the um, father actor on uh, Skinema Rink, Mr. Ross Paul. has sort of yeah. become a friend of the show. And um, that that's the one thing that I, I was talking to him about, what I've noticed from being a part of the horror community on, on my end. They they embrace each other. And if you find your your people there, they're going to support you. I think that's – I mean that's definitely happening with, with y'all. The embracing part though I think is probably the biggest part I think of the horror community because people that are truly into horror um, – you know, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I can go to conventions and I can – do the things I can travel places. Um, but going back to Ross Paul, I mean, I think he's truly embraced the whole thing because in the movie, the the little boy is his son in real life. Mm-hmm. So oh, he's great. the dad yeah. and the little boy is his son. And he talks so affectionately about his son and about, uh, you know, the moment like his son wasn't actually allowed to go into the theater to see the movie. And they made a big stink about that. And, but then just, you know, talking about just him and his kids and it's like, it, you guys have the totally same vibe and it's just so awesome that it's like, and I love the fact that you say, ultimately, I'm going to be the decider for my family and for my children. I'm going to decide what's appropriate for them and what's not appropriate. And then if they end up scared shitless, I'm happy to deal with the consequences, <laughs> right? You, you, here's this new movie. And then at the end of the night, you got two kids in the middle of your bed and you're like, well, shit, I had that coming. I had that coming, which is, which I think is totally a legitimate thing to do because I did the same thing with my kids too. And it was like, are you sure you want to see this? Oh yeah. It's going to be, my friends were talking about it. And then it's like, you get that in the middle of the night on your door. Can I sleep in your bed? Yes, yes, you can sleep in my bed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just. I just I, I love what you guys do, but I love the fact that you stay connected to it and you stay connected to the freedom that I think it, it offers you and just the freedom of your own choices. And then moreover, for you guys to to take that freedom and then continue to create and to continue to do these new things. It's just it's for me as a as a horror movie nerd, it's just fantastic. I wanted to do a little round table real quick, a hard stop. What's what's all of y'all's favorite scary movies? If you could just pick one or two each, what would what would be y'all's favorites? I love this question because I think like what a, what we all are scared of totally changes per person. Mm-hmm. And one of the early movies that Lula and I watched because it's a children's movie is Coraline. But to this day, and ever since the first time I watched it, that movie horrifies me. Not <laughs> not because there's jump scares or anything, but because the feeling that it gives me when I watch it, it's so invasive, especially as like someone who's very like close with her family, just the idea of mm. like my family being like invaded and warped is terrifying. You don't you don't want buttons on your eyes? 
No, I don't. <laughs> what about that corn train? I loved Coraline. <laughs> the corn train was awesome. We had like a smoothie chandelier. I was like, oh. <laughs> we've actually yeah. covered that that movie on the show before. Oh, because it's, it's, it's great. It's That's so why. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. Always good. It's never changed. Uh, I think mine just recently. What we've talked about this one a lot. The Innocence. Mm. Oh, so Jesus. Oh, yes. Yeah, yep. that one's so great. Because it was so normal otherwise, but it was so real life. It wasn't very like dramatic and theatrical, <clears throat> no crazy colors or anything. Um, not a ton of like lore. It was just like kind of casual news with kids. And mm-hmm. they're such good actors. And it was so quiet and calm. Like that setting was just so great. That's yeah, some, as me- soon as some messed up shit happens in that movie, up, too. Kids. As soon as, like, not long into that movie, you're just like squirming. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. That's yeah. that movie will, that movie will give you bad feels. Those opening, 100%. those opening pinches. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real things. Flawless yeah. acting. Well, those kids. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and Ricky's right. It made you squirm, and for me, it made me squirm for two reasons. A, as a kid, you understand being with your friends and doing some things that your parents wouldn't appreciate. Then mm-hmm. as a parent, when your kids are out doing, when they're not at home and they're all running around with their friends, what is it they're doing? And oh, yeah. it makes you think for a second, I wonder if one of my kids ever killed a cat. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 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 scary, <laughs> right? But, but it makes you think. It's like, you know, and again, growing up to be a well-adjusted human being, what exactly does that mean? And uh-huh. I, uh, yeah, it's, that was definitely on our list for one of them, like emotional, visceral yeah. Um, it hits right at the heart of a lot of things. Um, yeah, that's a great, it's, it's one of those movies. I watched it twice and I can't watch it anymore. now. I just can't. It's just, it's too intense each time. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, oddly enough, every time I watched it, it builds, even though I know it's going to happen, it somehow builds an in intensity, which is really weird. It doesn't usually happen with the movie. Usually you can't, you can't continue to build on that. It's um, like you're working yourself up because you know what's coming. That's probably it. That's yeah, probably it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say three just because. Hell yeah. Go all, for it. They're Night all club. different. I'm going to start with Basket Case. <laughs> oh, yes. We, yes. Just covered, we just covered that one, then. It was a party. We had like eight people on here. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. And the way it like portrayed, you know, it's like, it's like urban, you know, it's so grungy and raunchy and like sweaty and kind of gross. And I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then I'm going to go somewhere a little loftier and say I'm Let the Right One In. I love that movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the last one is I fucking loved Evil Dead Rise this year. Yes. <laughs> loved All right. it. It's a 10. Yep. Yeah, it's a 10. <laughs> yeah. Maggot mommy for life, cuz. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I need to eat glass because it, it, it's like, what do you say? It's good for my tummy. Oh, <laughs> my <Right>. God. Oh. <laughs> that daughter levitates. She levitates. That's all I'm going to say. If anyone levitates, Travis is there. He just, he's already yeah. sold. And sure. there's <laughs> Hellbender. When that twig, oh. the, the, the sigil starts levitating, I'm like, oh, uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. automatically. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, oh yeah, she levitates. levitates. Uh-huh. Yep. I love that scene. Yep. My favorite. My favorites are. I got two, and and I think both for the same reason. Um, Phantasm. Oh, what? Oh, what? Ricky, what? <laughs> Set up, Ricky. What? Set up. No, 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 no. Don't stand up. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I better not stand up. You're speaking that's, my language. I said that's, sit yeah, up, hey, not stand, stand up. up. I know better than that. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> that's Ricky's favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and 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 then I also say The Ring, and the reason that both of those work the same because they both give me the same problems, which is that um, what's great about Phantasm, especially, is that reality isn't what you thought it was and what you really want it to be and what you need it to be and Mm -hmm. that's that's terrifying that's what that's what like that's what the whole concept of hell is like what's coming for me like what's coming and and it's terrifying and that's what's great about phantasm is this kid cannot escape what's coming yeah ricky ricky's favorite one of his favorite lines and it's it's all of that summed up yeah. When when home little What's homeboy, he's gonna get me. Oh yes. yeah, the fact that he's like he's gonna get me, right? Yeah, it's from yeah. a That's... simplistic kid's point of view, but it's like right. that is the ultimate sum total of all human fear. It's right. gonna get me. He's gonna get whatever it is. It's coming, and it's gonna right. get you because you can't That's... escape it. Oh. That's right. And then what's great about Phantasm and The Ring is both of them are saying what's gonna get you is horrible and terrifying. <laughs> Well, and for uh, Phantasm to to think that as a as a living, breathing human pe- person that you think the thing that you fear most is death, and then to know that, especially as a kid, <laughs> there's something worse. Yeah, it's right. Just like, yeah. oh shit. Well, great. Right. That's <laughs> not where I was hoping to go, but thank you very much. There's no no <laughs> white clouds and flowing satin robes. It's just there's a guy who digs you out of the ground, puts you in a trash compactor, and then you're and you're stunned. tiny. Yeah, right, you yeah. spend an eternity, an eternity as a knockoff Jawa. Yeah, it's like that, oh, that yeah. you come to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah. All also, I didn't realize this uh, until I because Toby and I watched it again because it scared the crap out of me as a kid. I'm, I'm going to date myself, but um, so I was like, I got to rewatch Phantasm because it, it had such a massive effect on everything. And so we rewatched it, and I was like, man, that is really good. It's not dated to me. Like it's still no really good oh, so i was like gorgeous. i want to read yeah. about this and it was a completely independent movie yep like no hollywood and mm-hmm. and that was inspiring you know like for yeah. sure three hundred thousand dollars john coscarelli yep yeah done man we got the hatred in all right fill in the hatred now let's dig a little deeper, right? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, I'm watching you. <laughs> now that we're getting closer to, to the modern time, when it comes to producing a movie, I know zero, next to nothing. I know next to nothing. How are y'all pulling these things together and making them happen? Whether it's The Deeper You Dig, Hellbender, uh, Where the Devil Roams, your, y'all's new film. Um, how, how do y'all make this happen? We're poor. And we have a few friends <laughs> like Mark. Uh, I, there's a quote I heard recently, and I, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something about like when you have so little, that's when you're the most creative. And that when a lot of people become mm. like successful, it's harder for them to actually be creative. They have all these resources. They're not like struggling. They're kind of bored. And so like, you know, there's only so much you can do. And so you have to get really creative with it. And when we're like building things or shooting things or don't have as much gear, you are kind of, often by accident, making things that are really interesting and that are more real than like buying a really cool fake something. Instead of making something, it looks way more real. And our movies are never supposed to look perfect and like clean. So all of our kind of grungy homemade things are perfect for our sets too. 
you know, we were talking about making sets um, and leaving them outside overnight once it gets fucking cold and then we're shooting in the winter because we love when people are miserable filming because it's great for acting. <laughs> horror movie. That um, everything kind of sits in itself and ice will come and melt inside things and it looks slick and dark and there's frozen worms and dirt and everything that we make. And we have family and friends who want to be a part of this art. And so we get these great characters who are real people we're using too. Yeah, totally. Like the films that we produce definitely just like parallel the life that we're living. Like I have this great group of soccer friends with wonderful soccer moms and opening scene of Hellbender is basically all the soccer moms hanging out. And I love that so much. That's awesome. (laughs) So we really, I think, just know that we have a great community and also a great home. So why not hire our friends and shoot in our backyard? And that not only like makes it fun and makes us want to keep doing it, but it also saves a couple bucks. <laughs> we also spend a lot of time like eating meals and literally like slinging spaghetti ideas. And we spend a lot of time in the car and those are our offices, like over a meal in a car yesterday we drove down from montreal from the world premiere of where the devil roams and on the, over those six hours we just talked and talked and tomorrow we're shooting a new film with this is one of our actors right there Hello. oh hi hi <laughs> oh wow that's a tommy and so uh yeah we just constantly are uh, banging ideas off of each other it's very democratic and um that's how it just that's the spark we just, someone has an idea that we all love and we're like, let's do it. In the case of Where the Devil Roams, it was um, is an idea Zelda had. Oh, yeah. I read that in the story. That was the thing in there. Y'all were, uh, y'all were getting in the car going somewhere, right? I believe it was. And yep. she had, she had this idea. The, the part I remember is that after y'all had the initial idea and y'all were going on, on the road to go and, um, I guess, I don't know how to say this other than concert lingo, go tour hellbender um y'all basically started stopping at all the thrift stores along the way and looking for oh what can we use in the next film like that is so next level thinking ahead creative ingenuitive like i I, i'm blown away by that kind that's very robert rodriguez he also sounds like a lot of fun oh oh, yeah definitely (laughs) and just stopping in everywhere and checking out all the old shit fuck yeah dude see a lot of old world stuff um yeah (laughs) i'm gonna stop myself now in the in the press kit did i see a picture i think repainted but of the crown from hellbender in those photographs did i see that correctly no the one thing we do do a kiss to hellbender but it's not the crown it's the mask that the the hellbender wears in in one of our montages that made the cover room work i don't know if you do you guys like do you do you read Rue Morgue magazine? No, but I saw I saw that y'all were on the cover of several um yes. <clears throat> things. Yep. Well we do yep. do a kiss to um some stuff from Hellbender for sure. Yeah, I mean that's fun. Like what you guys are circling around on is and you mentioned before, is that the horror crowd loves art and they love the freedom of art. And, and they also are incredibly film educated. So like the horror crowd can watch Friday the 13th, which is can be super Hollywood done and they can analyze it and think about it and love it. But they can also watch Toby's movie from 1972 
and still love it just as much. You know, it's like the horror crowd out of what? What? <laughs> Talk about dating. I'm like, what did I do when I was three years old? No, basket case. Oh, I thought you were talking about oh, my was... <laughs> No, that basket was... case. No, all I'm saying is like, like film, the dad's film... dying in the next movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna get it, bro. You're gonna yeah. get it, Mister. We're gonna see how I die. Like you want. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not getting the sawzall. I get something way worse. But um, <laughs> wait, the horror crowd is up for art. And they're up for the high-end art that costs $100 million. And they're up for the low-end art that costs $100. They, they're the same to them. And we love being a part of that community. Fucking A, man. I, I love it because I get to talk to y'all. Like, this is, this is the crazy part about this. And it, inter, the internet, the fucking internet. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, without, yeah. without this thing, this wouldn't be happening. A lot of people who are like very creative and who have ideas wouldn't have an outlet to get it out right. there. But this is the horror crowd that does this. We're on the internet because we're in the horror crowd together. We're part of, we are the modern carny. All of us are. You guys are. We are. We're on the carnival circuit right now. But there's no, there's not like a, a tiny little drama circuit. It's not like, you know what I mean? There's not a little comedy circuit. There's not a little rom com right. circuit. There is a horror <laughs> circuit. We and talk it, about that frequently. We, 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 we have yeah. talked about that a, a few times. Yeah, right. the horror is no. the only, the, other than like maybe metal music. But metal music, <sighs> metal music and horror, though. I mean, they're they're they kissing cousins, right? I mean, they really yeah. are. They're so sure. they, have, they all have three eyes, and it's beautiful. Exactly. This might <laughs> this might be a good a good a, a good little segue. Y'all make music for y'all's movies too. Like y'all do that, and y'all do that excellently. One of my favorite things about um, Hellbender was the jam sessions. Oh, yeah. That shit reminds me of growing up in Mamu with my boy Ricky right there and jamming out in the shed and just having the best times. Growing up, Lulu and I would, well, both parents have great music taste, but we've also watched John like be in several bands growing up, totally punk rock, playing in Speedos, you know, in clubs. We're like totally on (laughs) in this bar watching him play and it's always been so inspiring and then as we got older you know we we started to form our own bands with john and we've gotten to the point where we're all in a band together and it's so fun and like we're fusing all of our different musical tastes like john's kind of like love for punk and i there was an era where i really loved billy eilish so kind of fusing that like production value of billy eilish with john's like grungy dirty likes and um i think it's turned into this weird amalgamation is that the word sounds good to me yeah sounds smart but the thing is is like lulu's big lulu each of the each of these girls have a different type of voice but together they oh they're just magic together like (laughs) if i if we want a cutting kind of, I just, I just drank some scotch and, and ate some nails. Like that's Lulu. Like we put Lulu hey. on that. Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and if we need, one year old. Exactly. She, like, <laughs> like when she was a kid, we went to a doctor and the doctor was like, she, we would like to give oh, her an operation God. to fix her vocal cords. And I was like, are you fucking stupid? She sounds like Lemmy. Like why would we want to fix a kid that sounds like Lemmy? You got, you, know, a baby, right. you got a little, like a little baby Tom waits on your hands over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, so, and then we got, we got Toby who has this, this voice that sits 
like as a foundation to all this music and it's so fun i think we're really finding our stride in music and so it's really nice that you guys were mentioning it uh, i i love it i it's one of my favorite aspects of again how y'all are like a one how what's the best term not one man show because there's four of you um <laughs> Uh, y'all are an, y'all are We're a one woman. man three woman show. Yeah, <laughs> one man three woman show. Yeah, Wonder Wheel. Well, I baby. think I think Toby said it earlier, and she called the she called everything and how you guys work together a democracy. Now, mm-hmm. I'm very curious um, because it seems like, and, and maybe this is just from having raised my two kids and everybody having to go to some sort of practice or go somewhere, and everyone's fight with everyone. How do you guys? manage that democracy when it comes to your the, the truly creative fire hydrant that you guys have opened and, and can't seem to close and please don't close it please don't ever close it but how do you manage that democracy that I, I i really wonder about that you know we're lucky because we're kind of wearing every hat and it's usually just us together on a sh- you know doing this the shooting uh we if if we have different opinions we shoot it four different ways you know, we just we have the luxury of having the time to do that. Sometimes we have different, very strongly different opinions. And so we just do it four different ways. And then the editing, the cream always rises to the top. You kind of know what feeds the story best once you're editing and putting, you know, everything together. But really, that's 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 how we do it. I mean, after now we've made, I think, nine films together. So it's we kind of learn how to dance with each other and make sure that it's fun not antagonistic. Um, we don't want to do this if it's not fun. I appreciate that. That is that is the best thing. If Speaking it ain't our fun, love language here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it ain't fun, it ain't worth doing. I mean, really, at the end of the day. And the reality is <laughs> no, Thank still, you, Travis. I'm no, still in all Brent's lines. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was gonna I was gonna ask him um <laughs> one, one thing. You said you loved the deeper you dig more than hellbender a little bit which kind of blew me away because you love the shit out of hellbender um when did you watch it last earlier this week i've seen uh the deeper you dig three times in the last two days holy oh, crap wow. it was he's been watching so, he's been doing his homework I've been watching. I, that's what i do i do you, you know <laughs> travis okay. you know me yeah, i do yeah. my homework he's um, super cool of you so do I love it? I mean, okay. I, I'm not going to say that I love one more than the other. I love them for different reasons. Um, with the deeper you dig, there's something about, oh, I'm mind farting now. Mm-hmm. Kyle's care. Kyle's character almost trying to endear himself to the mother after he knows what he's done and how he's been so brutally haunted by it. Um, that, makes me want to just punch him in the mouth. I, it's just, it's, I, and, and I, and, and when I get that feeling in a movie, it, it's going to stick with me forever. Um, Oh gosh. It's so, it's so hard to really quantify it, but th- the scenes where he goes to her house yeah. and then he goes and uses her bathroom and then he has the little problem in the bathroom. And so like, he knows he's a funny character because after he has the accident, and then he goes back into town and he's, he goes to the beer section and then he backs off from the beer section and goes and gets a, a really froofy cappuccino, you know? And so there's this piece of him where he's like, he's trying to change his life. And for the most part, for people, I applaud that the reality is it's already too fucking late. You've ba- you've made the biggest mistake you can ever made. So it's like your redemption is pointless, um, but he still keeps trying. So like, I, I kind of dig that about him. 
and then honestly towards the end the whole the the whole uh the the sawzall <laughs> there are so many scenes in that movie the the night with the coyotes when he can hear the coyotes and he goes out and it and um echo's grave has been dug up it's super jarring but the character makes a point you know when when she's being buried like that that's all the farther you can dig you lazy bum and it's just like like i hope if i ever get haunted by the person that i ran over with my car i hope they fuck with me that ruthlessly oh if it's, it's me it's i totally oh, will if it's I'll one of there. us bro. Yeah. it's just I'll be so there telling it's, you the whole time you weak yeah, son of a bitch you uh, can't dig six feet down what are you doing right now they're gonna I'm gonna just mess tomorrow. with your 3d printers you're gonna be printing nothing but wieners or something dude like, <laughs> it's gonna be the best yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean I, again i'm not gonna say that one is better than the other one i, I for me Again, uh, the deeper you dig, just, I was just putting you on the spot. I'm giving you. Shit I know you were, and I appreciate no, that. Can I just interrupt you just for one quick second? Because I need to say yes. thank you because you are the first person. When, I think the deeper you dig has been out four years, right? Yeah, about four. Twenty nineteen. You're the first person <laughs> who's ever put into words the coyote. The, that he wakes up with the coyotes knowing that he hasn't dug deep enough. And, and, and for me, that's one of my favorite scenes. And we worked really hard on it. And we did a couple really neat things with it. And you're the first person in four years who's brought up that scene and, and, and mentioned like the whole architecture of it. So that's fucking badass. You know Not what? I <laughs> all I, all I can tell you is what I took away from it. And, um, I do have a question about that set, but let's table that for a second because that's a whole different thing. But I, there's a piece of me that realizes what this guy is doing, and he's doing this big project, and he's he seems like someone who's trying to live the borderline straight and narrow. But you know, he's at the bar that one night, and he's just he's just slogging and just yeah, just one more shot in a beer, it'll be fine, whatever else. And you know, he makes the biggest mistake you can ever make in life, right? And it, a lot of the rest of the movie is him trying to somehow somehow atone for that mistake all while trying to still cover up the original mistake. So it's like he's the, the perception for me is that he's trying to learn, but he's actually learned nothing, you know? Right, so it's he's like just taking I, half yeah, measures every step of the way. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then to have the, have the ghost or the soul of the person that you killed come in and taunt you for the fact yeah. that you're going only going halfway and let's not it, let's not oh, spoil, just, let's not spoil the ending for any listeners yeah, that have not. I'm seen not going to spoil film. the ending, yeah. but it, yeah, 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 but it was it was just. I, the... I want to say about the ending that was the last thing I expected to happen, <laughs> and <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. The ending of that film, absolutely. I, I've seen that written about that movie too. That people have said that that's one of the strong aspects of it was where you think the story is going to go. Right, it, it does not go there, and it goes somewhere else. <laughs> That always yep. makes for a great story. I think a great story is a lot of small details, thought thought through details, like how John's saying the coyote scene. Small detail, but when you can string enough of those together, you get a good story. Like that's what a good story is. Really good details. That's Toby's uh, specialty. Toby's specialty, one of you know, we all have specialties, and Toby's is putting tons of little circles in our films. So like the point is you don't leave any open ends. You have little circles that are completed. And so that the audience, like you guys, they enjoy those little circles. There's something super satisfying about those things being completed, you know? And they can be the smallest details or the biggest story arcs. But we always talk about circles. And whenever we're talking as a family, we always talk about, oh, that's a great circle. And this is how we start it. And this is how we complete it. 
Hellbender, like Grindhouse was saying at the onset, I I, I was like, dude, you got to watch this movie. I like witchy shit a lot. That's that's like they were saying levitation. That goes hand in hand with witchy shit, folk horror and cosmic horror. And yeah, I mean, boy. um, I don't know how cosmic Hellbender gets necessarily, but the witchy, the folk horror, that's all in there. It gave me vibes of sort of like there was this movie from back in the day called May. Um, this is an indie horror movie from the 2000s, I want to say. And it's just got this little what turns out to be spoilers for this really old movie, but go see May if y'all can. It turns out to be a Frankenstein sort of story. So it's like it's got that little that little bit of <laughs> mythology or lore built into it, but but not till not till a little bit later. But wow. Helen reminded me of that. Or like um sort of a coming of age story. Like maybe like a ginger snaps. Um sure. but not werewolves, witches. Right. Um and, but sure. not witches either though, because y'all created y'all's own lore in this in this movie. And I wanna I wanna set the record straight on the nightclub. There's a difference between a witch and a hellbender, right? Yes. You there you get go. bad points with Toby. Yeah. For okay. No <laughs> can, 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 we, can we break this down for a second, please? I, yeah. I'm a little lore freak, so I really want to know this. Well, it's funny. Um, Zelda's character, Izzy, says to the ranger, uh, with the ranger says, what's a hellbender? And, and she's like, oh, it's kind of a cross between a witch, a demon, and an apex predator. That's the only <laughs> time we say the word witch in it. And we did, that's really, she's just kind of like throwing him a bone. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, you can relate to the word witch, but we are so much more than anything you can fucking like, you know, imagine. Um, so we wanted to come, so this kind of goes back to a question earlier too. You're like, what comes first? In the case of Hellbender, we had the band Hellbender before the movie and we started doing some music videos and and we were doing a music video for the song um, Black, Black, Black Sky. Sky. Yeah. And it was just like some really witchy kind of imagery just kind of flowing out of that and it felt so right. And, and we just kind of loved the word Hellbender. So then we started thinking, well, maybe we should really like conceptualize what is a Hellbender? You know, and so that's how the movie came about. And we wanted to just, like you said, build our own mythology. We wanted something witchy, but not a witch. You know, we knew that everyone would probably call it witchy, but we were never going to call it a witch, except for that one moment where she throws the ranger a bone. <laughs> Do you mind if I feel in my heart like it's witchy? Because I no, want. No, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I love witchy shit too. I yeah. love witchy shit. It's the but best. We just wanted to not we wanted to come up with our own name for something that is you know folkloric and and witchy and and very much close to the earth and brutal like nature you know we're we're super we live in the country we're super influenced by nature the brutality and the beauty of nature and that's what a hellbender is it's something with a very very like high on the you know hierarchy um high on the food chain nature Y'all need to set a movie that's, in Louisiana and come down here and ride some alligators, cuz. Hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> that segues that segues me perfect into to two of my questions. Um or one question and one point about the Hellbender lore. It almost takes me to a place back when witches were more like fey creatures, like almost like fairies or oh dryads and such. You know, it's it's not it's not necessarily people. They're just other creatures. And there's something about that that I love being a, a, the D&D nerd that I am. So totally dig that. 
we love what you just said because in fact the movie that we're starting to shoot tomorrow is called Fairy. Oh, oh nice. Oh, I love it. So we're all we're all we're all banging against each other's skull right now. Love nice. it, love it. But yeah, like the way you were, you guys were talking about nature and how it's both beautiful and brutal, it really shines in Hellbender because it feels like it, it gives me those vibes that Fey ancestry, that old lore, which was, you know, symbolic of nature back in the day. Right. Another question of mine, because it, it comes up so much in the film, you guys hunt often? No, but our, our community does hunt a lot around here. Like it's a, we're, we're, our town is known for hunting and fishing. We got gardens up here. My, my family's always had a garden. My family's hunters. We don't actually, we're more, we're big hikers, but, um, I mean, we shoot stuff that eats from the garden because it's kind of like you either eat the garden or you, (laughs) or something else else eats the garden. Yeah. So, so we decide to eat the garden. garden. We grew up with a cool hunter cat who would leave us very cult-like mice. This is very (laughs) cool. I've had those as well. Licked an organ, a tail, and a foot. And one time at the bottom of the stairs. We thought there was a mouse just standing there, and she had left us a sitting up, beheaded mouse. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting like standing, this. yeah, just no head. Everything else. So, yeah. no the cat was practicing rituals with uh, the goat from the witch back <laughs> <Yeah>. there. Absolutely, <laughs> but we well, kind of- come from a hunting community, like she says. And one of the nice things about living in a hunting community is that. People give you, you know, you. we work all together. We're on soccer teams together and people give you the freaking best sausage and the best meat because it's yeah. all fresh and they know what they're doing and it's yeah, a great yeah. way to grow up. Mm-hmm. I yeah. ask because it's brought up in the film so much and it really made me feel like, like your characters that I know because Travis and I grew up in a town where everybody hunts. Mm-hmm. Our grandparents were going out 70 years old squirrel hunting. You know what I mean? It just, they actually let out of school. We had squirrel day at our school. It's an unofficial holiday. You know, like people would just not go to school because it was opening day of squirrel. They'd be like, choo, I'm going to shoot a squirrel, shy. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) that's why I bring it up. Well, the same thing happens in our town. Like you, you, all all sports are canceled for the first three days of hunting season. (laughs) To me, maybe one of the more incredible things you guys have done, um, as we're talking about Hellbender, is that it is nigh impossible these days to create a new a new creature or mm-hmm. a new lore. Um, and I think in the years to come, I think other people are probably going to make movies about a thing called the Hellbender. Ah. I think it's I think it's going to be. Well, I think we have our Frankenstein. Or it might not be. Movie. It might not be called a Hellbender, but it might be. I think it, or something. You know what? Though? You know I, what I mean? I think it will be. I think a Hellbender is going to find a way to slip its index card into our horror lore. Yeah. And when people in Hollywood are making mediocre movies, someone's going to go and get to the H's and go, "Well, what is this?" You know? That would be great. That would be great. I think so too. I think so too. So I think it's super impressive that as an independent film group, you guys have, because it doesn't happen very often that something truly new is created. You have, you know, the paranormal, you have slashers, you have everything. So to have something new, I mean, and even, you know, even though, you know, there's a comparison to the, to the witchy aspect of it, I think it is something different. And you guys 
make a point of really well defining why it's different in terms of horror lore and what we all know we've all seen witch movies we've all seen vampire werewolf whatever um i think a hellbender is a new addition to the foundational lore of horror and i think somebody will come later somebody from big x studio and make a movie about a hellbender you know i want to see more fucking floating sigils and shit just made out of twigs floating around that gave me such blair witch vibes y'all and when when i was i was of a certain age when blair witch hit yeah we thought that shit was real for a while but we were scared as fuck we really wow. thought it was actually kids real. really convinced us it was real. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that movie that... still creeps me out because of that. <laughs> yeah. Seeing the sigil, like, and I, would do y'all have a name for it? That would be cool. We call we call it the totem. The totem. That's a great name for it. Yes. Yes. I'm yeah. On we board. Call it, like whenever we refer to it, but it, it, in a sense, it really should have a name. But when we worked with it and when we built it, we always just call it a totem. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. So, I, I love it. Um, so to tonight, we've buried the, the fucking lead tonight, pretty much. Y'all have a new film, brand new mm-hmm. world premiere just happened at Fantasia Fest to rave reviews, rave reviews. We had a, um, a correspondent on the ground. Our professor Witchington was there. He saw the film. He really enjoyed it. Um, so, and I saw y'all got best cinematography too. Hell yeah. That's absolutely insane. Like we're just blown away. And First of all, just like the family at Fantasia is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And Professor Witchington actually DM'd me and wanted to say hello. So, oh, hello. There you go. <laughs> hey, Witchington. Guys, what's next? Like, what's what's happening after Fantasia Fest? What can we expect to see the rollout for Where the Devil Roams? Oh, he's next pussy. Fest. He's pussyfooting around. When can I see it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the next fest is going to be in London at Fright Fest. We're really jazzed. Oh, wow. Okay. That's really fun. We know that we're going to be also at Sitges in Spain in October. Ooh. Um, Wow. Some other stuff in the UK. And some things haven't been announced, but but we've got some other ones. And then... um, yeah, we have some of our favorite things on the on the horizon. Yeah, there's a bunch of fun stuff coming up. It's really cool. Look, this movie's about a family on the carnival circuit. And like we, we mentioned before, we feel like a, a family on the carnival circuit. It's I love the correlation. It's like <laughs> this movie is basically about, in a sense, it's a lot about America today, but it's set in the 30s because there's so many similarities to today's America to 1930s America. Oh, yeah. And it's just a great way of, once again, it's like the horror crowd. Like, the horror crowd, they they like these metaphors. And we're lucky that it looks like people are going to enjoy this ride also because we had such a beautiful time making it. It's about common people and the gray areas between good and evil. It's a fun, brutal movie, and it's a big step away from Hellbender because... How better was such a beautiful experience for us all. And it was like, when we set out with our next movie, we were like, let's turn the hourglass upside down and work with the sand that's coming down. Not the sound that's already, you know, and not the sand that we've already seen. And so it was just so fun. And it's really great that it's being accepted, you know, because it's something, man, it was fun to do. I like, I like how much like y'all look like, Y'all talk about making these projects with so much love 
yes. that it shines through. And it's like, I love it. it's almost like I get the vibe like, okay, yes, it's nice to be noticed and accepted and everything else. But it's almost like we'd, we'd, we'd just be having fun making this regardless, though. Right. Look at oh, our yeah. movie. I, I, I'm, I can't wait to fucking see it. I love yeah. I love that y'all are being topical too, to a degree, at least at least pointing out how the film itself is sort of a reflection, maybe, of modern day America. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I I, I I'm only going off of uh the reactions and I stayed away from reading the deep reviews. I just saw yeah, headlines. You yeah, because I don't want to know. I don't let it I don't unfold in front of you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because it's it's well, you know, obviously we can't step away from it. We made it. We, we love it. It's impossible to be objective, but we do believe that it's, it's something to don't read too much. Just let. It's not meant to be a hellbender, you yeah. know, it's a different beast. And we set out to make something different because you got to, um, you know, you have to be muscular with your creativity if you want to fucking grow. And um and this one I think is a very different vibe from Hellbender. It's a colder movie. Um, it's more like a winter movie. The imagery is very different. The lighting and the tone is is gonna be surprise you. Um, and it was fucking fun to make. I mean, it was. I mean, we're very happy. Yeah, we did. Ha- we we do love making movies, and yeah. and this one was really. It's just like it just wanted from the second Zelda conceived of the idea. It's like it just wanted to be made. Yeah, you know, and we have a big, really big cast in it, including. So you know we love people we bring them back (laughs) so um, yeah we can't wait to hear what you think there's actually going to be a trailer that's going to be public really really soon i can't say but it could be very very soon yeah and i got a funny story about toby and this is this kind of to me says it all and this is why i love rocking with this beautiful lady and these two girls um once hellbender was made we had a lot of people from Hollywood calling and, and uh-huh. saying, we want, what's next? We want to, you know, and all of them were saying, you know, you want to make a $10 million movie and then you want to make a $40 million movie. And then you want to make a hundred million dollars. They're like, and it was all about money mm-hmm. and how much money we needed. Right. And so what this one producer did who was really just telling us what we like what we wanted. He kept telling us what we wanted, what we wanted and how much money we wanted and all this kind of stuff. And, and then he said, so, well, well, let me ask you, what are you working on right now? And Toby's like, well, we're working on a period piece set in the 1930s. And he goes, oh, well, no, period piece dead in the water. And Toby said, eat shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. That was that guy. Yeah. Fuck that it's shit. Like, yeah. No, thank you. No, thank about you. It was, I looked at my girl and I was like, yeah, we're doing this for fun. And it was just this one moment that really solidified, well, what are we doing this for? It's fun. It's the four of us love sitting, waiting on clouds. Cause we like to shoot on flat light. That's what we're doing it for. Boom. Right well, there. You guys, you guys, you guys have been speaking my language for years, but when I heard that this was a, a period piece, mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. you're speaking my love language. Oh, so yeah. so well, excited. Yeah. Then, we'll we'll yeah. have to talk with you again after you guys have seen it because I I hope you guys will like it. <laughs> oh, we would love to have you all back. We definitely. would love to have you back. I have to ask. So we talked a little bit earlier about about movies and their budgets. So 
and this is just me as a fan of yours, but also somebody who sees hundreds of horror movies a year. I have to argue with your point because I, I, I think your movies are exponentially better than most of what Hollywood makes, both in heart, in tone, in effects, in settings. Oh um, and, and, and I know, I know because it's an indie movie that all those things are probably simpler, but like, have you guys kind of taken into your, I mean, do, do you know, do you know that you're doing what you do better than pretty much all of Hollywood? Do you know yeah. it? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's nice of you to say. Really yeah. generous. We know we're simpler. <laughs> no, no. Well, he, I think, I think, I think no, that means, was, though, is yeah, we'd rather my... watch Hellbender than the next, oh. you know, Conjure or Paranormal Activity. Look, you mentioned Skinamarink right off the bat. Yeah. That's not a uh, highly produced, let's throw a fucking buttload of money in 15, 15 grand. 15 grand yeah, for that movie. So that's where all the hearts at. You know what I mean? I think what happens, at least I know what happens for me. I can speak for myself. I don't particularly want to look at a scene where every single thing in the scene is lit. I want to look at a scene where half of it's unlit. You know, I want there to be a roughness around the thing because that's a hell of a lot more scary than a super shiny, like, well-produced well, piece. Now, yes, sir. I'm not knocking on, like, I'm not here to, to knock on a super well hundred million dollar picture like we'll go to those like what was the last thing that we saw for a hundred million bucks i don't know i mean they're all cool they're all fine but i think especially like you just said you watch a hundred movies a year right well eventually that it's kind of like the difference between going to mcdonald's and getting a burger and going to like ma's diner eventually you're like you know what i just want to eat at ma's diner because yeah. the McDonald's burger tastes good like the first bite and then it doesn't taste good. And then I really have a stomach ache. You yep. Know? Yep. That's a great Absolutely. analogy. McDonald's compared to mom and pa's because mom and pa's always going to taste better because mom and pa know how to cook. Right. They, cook with, they cook with more love. You know, and and, and mom up. and pa's emotions are in it. It's not a right. formula. It's not like a formula that pumps out the Big Mac. It's mom and pa. Sometimes they feel good. Sometimes they feel bad. But when they feel good, they fucking really cook you up some sweet burgers and fries. Hell yeah. No, and I wanna I wanna clarify when when I said simpler, I meant simpler in scope, not simpler in creativity or or the finished product. Um, it's magical. I'm gushy now, so no, no, yeah, me, yeah. But it's, they're, they're, no, it's, they're creating magic that Hollywood fucking can't. From the deeper you dig to Hellbender, to yeah, I'm I'm definitely certain where the devil roams. Oh, is this y'all's? Is this y'all's like Devil or Hell trilogy? The deeper you dig, oh, that's so Hellbender. Where the Devil Roams, this feels kind of like a loose spiritual, at least in title alone. I haven't seen the new movie yet, but what you like where your head's at, babe? Yeah. No, Travis, (laughs) it is a triptych. Yeah. This is like we considered our our like trilogy or trinity of of, of films with similar DNA. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I picked up on it. I love that you just called it a triptych, too. That makes me happy on so many levels. Will you tell me what a triptych is later? <laughs> I, I, I was just smiling and pretending that my smart wife, I knew what the fuck she was talking about. I, I, well, I, I know that feeling, but I, I, I relate I was, to you a lot. Bro. I was going to say, I do that I all the time. I relate to you a lot with that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we I'm pretty much all do. I'm just lucky at the moment. That's yeah. all. 
thank you all so much for being on here with us. Um, it's been a pleasure, absolute pleasure. We would love to have y'all back. Um, can't wait to see the new film, and I wish y'all all the success, all the luck, and I, I hope more than anything, y'all just keep having fun doing what y'all are doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We got to get you guys Brad, a uh, Travis and Ricky. Thank you. We got to get. Thank we got to get. We got to get the movie to you because I know that we would love to talk you three about Absolutely. it love oh, God. Minds, yeah. love your viewpoint love that you're from the woods and we also got a shoot down in louisiana oh yeah. my y'all goodness. come on y'all come oh, on yes. with yeah. it i mean are you we're gonna cook there? we're gonna cook it's gonna be great i'm not but i'll drive so don't worry <laughs> oh you gotta drive all the way from wisconsin <laughs> uh minnesota, minnesota. But yeah it's yeah. pretty it's, it's basically it's basically oh, this... both of those places minnesota would be fun to shoot too minnesota's like we love both that the, both of those places are you got me turned on because yeah. both yeah. of those have amazing nature oh yeah. yes and if you oh, want yeah. cold in the winter you can definitely get it here so. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. wait i think there might be something from where the devil roams from minnesota uh one of the uh, oh yeah um uh, one of the theaters that we shot is from minnesota because what we do is when we travel around we do composites like, so we'll see like a old movie theater that's like shut down and decrepit and we'll shoot that and then composite in life. And oh, we wicked. Did that and we got some great stuff in Minnesota, actually, that was because yeah. Minnesota has great, old, beautiful little towns made of yes. bread. Oh, yes. And uh, we just grabbed some beautiful shit there. And actually, we grabbed some beautiful shit down in Louisiana for Hellbender. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That Heck was yeah. also composited into the um, visual sequences. Like when she looks at the book, there was some stuff because we wanted to get the cypress knees and we shot a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff. We got some dead animals down there and we got, um, do you remember where we shot all those swamps, that swamp stuff? I think you went to um, oh, Jean yeah. Lafitte. Yeah. Like but, Park. Yep. That was one one place I went. And then up north, I was, or no, out west in Louisiana, we also filmed a bunch of stuff. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell if yeah. you ever come down, let us know. We'll we'll make you a gumbo. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, we'll, that's cook. Great. we'll cook. We'll pass a good time, bro. Man, okay. God, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for y'all's time. Like, I can't oh. say it enough. This has been Thank spectacular. You. Again, I just wanted to speak my piece also. I think you guys are beautiful. I think what you guys are doing is beautiful. I can't praise it enough. And thank you for being on the show. Yeah, this has been spectacular. And I, as a lover of horror, and then moreover, a lover of independent horror, I always worry that it's going to die. I always worry. Um, <laughs> and it's it's awesome to see that it is not only alive and well, but it's alive and well within a collective family. Dude, so, the Adams family is you. kicking Hollywood's ass and telling them to eat <laughs> shit. But I, I do need to say, unfortunately, it is gonna die. Over and over, over and over. over. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Nice. Give me give me If all in all is true
Let's hey.